I See Star Wars, a podcast by collectors for collectors. Welcome to episode 26 of I See Star Wars. Today we're diving into the Tusken Raider, otherwise known as the Sand Person. I am here with my co-host, Philip Brown. What's up, Philip? How you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you, man? Very well, very well. Happy to be back in the chair podcasting again. By the way... Uh, we're recording this earlier in the week, but uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day. Gobble, gobble. I hope everybody uh, had a great meal, um, was able to see as much family as you possibly could, and uh, avoided being arrested. Yes, sure enough. <laughs> sure enough. Stay safe on Thanksgiving. Keep keep the party small. Exactly. Um, but and uh, if- I always do a small party, though. I don't think I've ever had over eight, eight people. I don't know. I didn't come from a huge family, though. Like yeah, my, even growing up, it was like five people. My family, half of it's Filipino, and so you can just take the rest from there. <laughs> <laughs> they were always just massive uh, house parties, but you know, we had a small one this year. Well, um, see, we used to have those, but not for Thanksgiving. I don't know, but we were Italian, maybe that's why. But maybe it was like you know, Fourth of July. Forget it. You got yeah. you know, eight million people, but yeah, no, Thanksgiving was always. I don't really recall ever going to like my grandma's for Thanksgiving, Christmas, sure. But I don't know. Maybe I just don't remember. What do I know? It's 8 million years ago. Either way, I get to eat uh, whatever parts of the turkey I want now. So I'm happy with the smaller Thanksgiving situation. Oh, yeah. Because I, I always I have always, to share, which mm-hmm. is a good thing to be thankful for. But Exactly. You know, and I always do the redneck deep fried turkey every year. Uh, and yeah. one, of my things, one of my things is I always... Uh, spirit away a turkey leg for later. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I hide some of the, the the breast meat there because I'm mm-hmm. a big turkey sandwich fan, and nice. uh, if you if you put it all out, it all goes. So right, you gotta right. you gotta save a little bit for later. Leftovers yeah. are the best part about Thanksgiving. But now I'm hungry, Philip. All right, I know. Let's, so let's, let's talk so, about let's, Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> well, let's do that. Hold on one second. If yesterday was Thanksgiving, that means today is Black Friday. Right. Ah, so, sure uh, so, so, you know, this is a good, good day, particularly for all you modern uh, Star Wars collectors out there. Uh, there's so much stuff going on today. I'm not even going to run down it, but just, you know, search for Star Wars Black Friday. You'll find a bunch of stuff. You know, if you want to collect food, if you're a fabric collector, uh, I know that uh, shopdisney.com is 20% off site wide these days, and every store is going to have discounts and deals. So uh, be on the lookout for those modern uh, figures today and, and between now and Christmas. Well, not just modern, man. On the Imperial Commissary, um, I noticed there's a bunch of uh, flash sales and live auctions on Black Friday as well. So you can even get vintage deals on Black Friday. So I think it's going to be a huge year this year as far as for us sitting at home, eating too much, and buying things off the Internet. What do you think? That's going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Good time. Leftover turkey and uh, cruising uh, the web at uh, 2 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, you know, half asleep and with a credit card, that's a recipe for freaking disaster, man. Oh yeah. Well <laughs> shoot, man. I've been I've been hitting refresh on Walmart.com websites and GameStop websites for two months trying to get a PS five. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm doing it, man. I don't have time to play it. But I, like I gotta man. have it. Gotta have well, it. Uh, Exactly. Well, here's the actually a cool thing about um, um, the PlayStation Network. Uh, just FYI, um, my my son has been really really dying to play the new Spider-Man Miles Morales game, right? Mm-hmm. And I was figuring that I had to wait to get a PS5 uh, to be able to play that. But they have a section on the uh, the PlayStation Store where you can purchase games that on the PS4 
that will automatically license you for the PS5. So I was able to get Miles Morales early, and thank God, because he's been attached to that thing for the past two days, so it's great. <laughs> well, you know what? They uh, also, Call of Duty, uh, the new Call of Duty, the Cold War. Yes. That one, you could do the same. Yep. Good. But yeah, no, I'm I'm hunting for one, so I'll find one eventually. I don't even know why I want it. I really, I don't have the time. <laughs> I really don't have. It's like in our DNA, man. Every time yeah. the console comes out, it's just, it's like, it just, you just gotta have it. It's like yeah. an instinct. <laughs> I've always had the new one. I guess that's what it is, man. It's more, uh, just, yeah. I I don't know what it is. I'm trained. I'm trained. Who would have thought when uh, on the back of every Kenner card that is a, you know. Power of the Force. It says collect all ninety six. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've got it. I've got it in my uh, my own personal makeup, as do you. But yeah, uh-huh. the, the whole collect them all thing has really got me. Whether it's video game systems or those new Black series, or well, we'll talk about all that stuff later. We have to talk about Tuscan Raiders. That's right. I see one hundred one. You must learn the ways of the Force. Tuscan Raiders, less formally referred to as sand people or simply as Tuscans, were a culture of nomadic, primitive sentience indigenous to the desert planet Tatooine, where they were often hostile to local settlers. And that, guys, is from Wikipedia. Uh, Mike, I thought I used to love the Tuscans. I had a lot of figures when I was a kid. I thought that it would be interesting to bring them forward since they've been getting so much uh, screen time on The Mandalorian. They have. And they I know have. that. So I know that a lot of uh, fans have been really stoked about that particular aspect of the Mandalorian. So, um, uh, Mike, what do you know about the Tuscan vintage figures? Well, I'll tell you, let me touch on the Mandalorian thing there. What I really liked about uh, Mandalorian with the Tuscan Raiders is the way they spoke to each other with the hand signals and the... Uh, you know, the urf, urf, but it was more almost a sign language. And I thought that was awesome because up until then, I never really thought of Tuscan Raiders, and of course they do, but I never really thought of Tuscan Raiders as communicators like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I always thought it was like, eat, find water, kill something, Tuscan Raider. That was it, you know, more like an mm-hmm. animal than an actual um I don't know, society. And it's brought them in where they have become this society that is really, really cool. I mean, so what? They're scavengers. I mean, that's what they do. So what? They're raiders. That's that's what they do. You know, there were, I don't know, man. You could call, you know, Native Americans back in the day raiders. But, I mean, that's what that's what those cultures did. They raided their other, their, the bad guys. They fought the bad guys. That's, you know, that's part of it. So maybe the bad guys, the Tuscans, are everybody who have come and messed up their wonderful desert world with like really bad cantinas and feeding stuff to the Sarlacc. I don't know. But, um, so I, I, I'm thinking it gives Tuscans a little bit more, you know, they're just misunderstood, man. They're, you know, they, they are. And I think you made a perfect, uh, 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 a comparison of the Tuscans in the same spirit of Native Americans, right? 
um, with a little bit of sort of Islamic tradition, uh, you know, layered over yeah, the, the top. Yeah, the nomad um, type thing. Yeah, the nomad type thing. It's always been. They've always been a very interesting. I got to tell you, Mike. Uh, you know, we haven't even gotten into the figure yet, right? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, uh, there was a, a book um, called Kenobi. Uh, okay. I don't know if you read it. And I do not believe that that book was made canon by Disney. Uh, okay. It might still be in the Legends category. But in Kenobi, uh, they go in-depth into the Tuscan Raider culture. And I remember, like, I'm reading this book, and it's just kind of, like, creepy and heartbroken at the things that they had to do to survive. I mean, the the face masks, you know, when they're young enough, the face masks and the eye covers were to keep sand out and moisture in. And then once they put those things on and do their head wraps, they can almost never take them off, as far as I can understand, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of a hard, um, you know, gritty uh, uh, nomadic, you know, lifestyle. And it actually brought a lot more respect uh, f- uh, for the Tuscan Raider character to me in the Star Wars universe. Um, but uh, uh, and you, you really, it, the book really made you feel for them. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying. I did not read it. Um, mm-hmm. But my first experience with them uh, being so cool like that was The Mandalorian. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you're able to work with them. You're able to talk with them. You're able to right. communicate and work towards the same goal. If it is a goal that is the same. So yeah, that, that, that was cool. Yeah. There's one thing I don't understand though. Uh, the Mandalorian made something a little bit difficult. Apparently um, the sort of coming of age, the rite of passage for a Tuscan young male is to kill a crate dragon. <laughs> Where is that? I don't know. Uh, that is that? Uh, oh, and it's actually in Wikipedia. As I read down, There's oh, is whole, it really? All right, yeah, it is, it is. But, but I don't know how that happens unless they, you know, get small ones. Because it took what, you know, several. You that know, thing you know, was score, huge. Scores of people to do that. So maybe there's different sizes and things. Maybe that one crate dragon in the Mando uh, was the, you know, the big daddy or whatever. But uh, well, plus I don't uh, know if there's very many of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't seem like they were everywhere. It would need no, a big no. cave. I mean, that was a big cave. I mean, that's a big thing. It's not like, you know, you'd not see it. It's not like a squirrel where it could be anywhere. You know what I mean? There's somebody yeah. would notice. Yeah. yeah. I, I got to say one thing. We're going to get into this later, but I do not fear anymore um, uh, bringing things that have been left to the imagination for the past 40, 45 years to life under uh, Favreau and Filoni. No, neither they, do I. <laughs> They did very yeah. well. Yeah, they did right. very well. The last time I saw anybody do that good at something that you knew was uh, Peter Jackson. Yes. Fact, Lord oh, of the Rings. Yes. He was really able to take something that was on pages and, mm-hmm. gee whiz, perfect it. I mean, yeah. I think where they uh, did an okay job but kind of missed the boat a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. Harry Potter's. I thought mm-hmm. the Harry Potter books were a billion times better than the Harry Potter movies. Yes, um, yes. But that's you know that's neither here nor there. But it's very hard to translate many humans' imagination mm-hmm. into something that they all go, oh yeah, that's it, right? You know, and they really do that. They do that uh, very much in the Mandalorian all the time. Everything's exactly. believable. I mean, even when that like half R five droid like stood up to be the he pushed the the boat mm-hmm. last year. You remember? Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, you were like, yeah, why not? You know, you can make that. <laughs> You know, sure, I, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> a little bit of ingenuity, so, a little bit of duct tape, you know? You exactly. Got yourself a... Well, 
we should probably stop flapping our jaws here about this and actually talk about the actual figure, Mike. Yeah, so, uh, all right. So let's dive well, into yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> Tusken Raider, um, they are called Sand People. The reason why they're called Sand People is on many of the cards it says Sand People. Um, not Sand Person. Uh, it says Sand People. Uh, and they came out way back in the day, 1977. So they came out in 1977, and they went really, really far throughout the line. Fun little fact, um, they never made them for uh, Lily Letty. Lily Letty does not have a Tusken Raider. Um, but many other lines do. They came out on Star Wars cards. They followed up by Empire Strikes Back cards, Return of the Jedi cards. Uh, they even have Kenner baggies. Kenner baggies all the way back to the original Kenner baggies with the, uh, the sideways made in Hong Kong there. You got um, ones with dark brown paint, ones with lighter brown paint. They had uh, Kenner Canada. They had them in Clipper, they had, which is uh, Amsterdam. Uh, they had them in Harbor, which is the Italians. Meccano, which is the French. Palatoy cards, which is the English versions. Um, and they were even on Trilogos in the UK as well. So uh, they came out and they were, they were so heavily produced throughout the line. Now the thing is, is they did have one major variation. So they have, they have, they have tons of variations they have different sculpts for the heads different sizes of the head high tubes uh different even different kinds of capes the colors there's two kind of different colors for capes but um they have different colors of the bandoliers uh they go from dark brown to light brown so there's lots of different variations including a lot of different coo variations but one of the biggest variations or the one that's most sought after um in terms equal to i would say a red bar r5 um which we'll go into when we do r5 um but is the hollow tube Tuscan Raider. So if you happen to have a Tuscan Raider at home and you want to check, look at the two tubes on his cheek. Those two tubes are painted silver. On the hollow tube Tuscan Raider, those two tubes are hollow and uh, the, you can actually see inside them. They look like almost two little small SpaghettiOs on his face, just like the eye holes. Um, they're made just like the eye holes. Uh, and the Gaffy Sticks, um, they have a couple different colors as well. There's even an almost gray one. Just be aware before you start throwing stuff out. Um, just double check it. Check it out on the Imperial Gunnery um, or talk to a friend. Or one day, check it out on IC Armory once that gets done. You know, Mike, if I'm not mistaken, no. one of the things that makes a, a, a complete Tuscan figure, a complete Sandperson figure, a little bit more valuable is the, uh, the, the Gaffy Stick. Uh, since it was one of those unique uh accessories weapons kind of like leia's blaster which only came with that particular or with her right um yeah absolutely it mm -hmm. does help a little um the the price i wouldn't say it's as you know as uh difficult to find but it's uh it is a singular one the the problem with mm -hmm. tuscan figures and the reason why say the Tusken Raider Gaffy Stick isn't worth what a Leia Blaster is worth is because the Tusken Raider, Raider Gaffy Stick was produced throughout the entire line um, on many different cards, whereas with Leia, it switched over to that Blue Blaster. Right, so even right. the original White Cape Leia Organa switched over to that Blue Blaster eventually. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I, I'll tell you, I think that Tusken Raiders, I think that their, their Gaffy Stick should command more of a price. Um, cause I've definitely had more without them than I've had with them. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, you know, what's one, and I know we're not talking about it, but one that I think is completely insane as far as its price point is prune face. He was a good guy. He was a rebel. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know, prune face was a rebel and, uh, he has, uh, 
cape that is only his, just like the sand person, and a weapon mm-hmm. that is only his, just like the sand person. So you would think that's a that's an extremely specialty character. Plus, it's a prune face, and it wasn't produced nearly as much as sand people or Leia's. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, also, I don't know how many kids really held on to their prune faces. Prune faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, that's pretty much it. Um, well, Mike, let me ask you this. Yeah. I was getting back to the hollow tubes. Tuscan, yeah. that it was, it was only ever released on a Jedi card. Um, is that consistent with what you know? Um, I have only ever seen it on a Jedi card. Uh, yeah. Now, right. I say the same exact thing about the blue-painted Helm Boba Fett. I've only mm-hmm. seen that on a 77 back A, and then one just came out on a droids card. Ah. But crazy. droids card back is after, um, mm-hmm. so it's possible it was left over stock or something. But... Right. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that personally. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. never seen one on another, but uh, yeah, uh, in fact, it's it's reported that no one's ever seen one on uh, a Star Wars or Empire card. No, 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 definitely uh, not Star Wars. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The only reason why I hesitate to say no empires is because they did stuff in between the jump between like Empire and Return of the Jedi, where they mm-hmm. had some leftovers here, leftovers there. It's the same thing. That's why I brought up that blue painted helmet Boba Fett is because I have only mm-hmm. ever seen him on a 77 back A ever. Right. And then all exactly. of a sudden somebody found one on a droids card, but droids mm-hmm. cards came out after 77 back. So it's believable that maybe laying around somewhere, they happen to have a blue painted mm-hmm. helmet in a bin left over. You know, it's, right. uh, so yes, maybe possibly, but no, as far as I know, every single one came on Return of the Jedi and it was early in Return of the Jedi. Um, right. I don't know which one. Was it 65 sure. back? 61 back? 40, 46? I, I don't know. I'm Who knows? Sure. Whatever. Sure. Anyway, exactly. look at them all. But, if they have donuts yeah. on their cheeks like their eyeballs, buy it because it's uh-huh. worth more money. There you go. I exactly. think that's the best part about being a Star Wars toy collector and hunter is that the difference between s- some molds where they had a little extra piece of metal inside it is, mm-hmm. you know, what what's a hollow tube going for nowadays? 200 bucks? And a regular Tuscan yeah, is like 25, 35, maybe 40. Right. I mean, that's complete. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah complete. But mm-hmm. that's a wild swing, man. And it's all if, if you retain the knowledge and if you remember the knowledge that it has hollow tubes. Right. You know, so that's, I don't know. That's really cool. I love that part of it, man. Uh, red, fi- red, red bar R5s, finding a mm-hmm. blue snaggle tooth in a, a bin at a, what is it? A goodwill because they think it goes with something else. Droids figures that happens with all the time. Mm-hmm. I've seen people find droids and Ewoks figures in goodwill because they don't look like right. Star Wars figures. They're weird looking. Exactly. Yeah. Is that random? Exactly. So they'll be in with like I don't even know Johnny <laughs> Quest stuff or whatever. You know, uh-huh. three bucks you get all the yeah. droids figures. But hunt. That's that's the fun of it, man. That's the fun. Absolutely. Of it. You know, as as I was taking a look at the uh, the Tuscan stuff, uh, planning podcast here. Um, I thought of a, a, a really interesting question that I want to ask Jim Swearingen uh, at, uh, in 2021 at ICCC. Um, you know, I know that for the Jawa, they went from the vinyl cape to the cloth goods because they wanted to add value or at least perceived value to the character because parents were buying something that was half size of the 3.75. But it also made me wonder why they didn't use the same design um, uh, a philosophy with the Tuscan Raiders, since they, 
they also were covered like head to toe with cloth. Why they didn't? Why they stuck with the vinyl cape through the entire run and didn't try any cloth goods on them as well? I don't know. Uh, Can I throw out a guess? Any, yeah, go for it. I think it's because the Tuscan Raider is a full size figure. You're probably right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's really tough when you walk up to a Starbucks counter, which I hardly ever do. But if you walk <laughs> up to a Starbucks counter and it's like, let me get an espresso, you know, and it's like, here's your quarter of a shot of hot liquid or let me get a whatever. And, you know, they charge the same. So, yeah, that's I, I think it's. Uh, but let's ask them. Why not? Yeah, it's fun. Well, Jim, and Jim knows so much cool stuff. Exactly. If you happen to be listening to the podcast, uh, let us know why uh, we never did any cloth goods on the Tuscan Raider. Yeah. Yeah. But I think awesome. it would be the same because of Leia. Leia and mm-hmm. Obi-Wan. I don't right. know. Plus die-cutting machines. Right. I wonder what it was. I bet you there's mm-hmm. a very valid reason. I bet you it was like, well, the die-cutting machines cut at 8 million capes a second, and <laughs> we figured we may as well knock them out. I don't know. <laughs> it would have been cool to see that kind of variation, though. Well, cool. That's yeah. that's about it for Tuscans. You got anything else there, Philip? No, that's it. Just, uh, you know, uh, I want to reiterate that how cool it is to see, you know, the, the Tuscan tradition brought to life in the Mandalorian in ways that, that hasn't been done before in canon. So it just grows love for the, the figure itself in all forms, vintage, modern, that kind of a thing. So very and fun. And for the character. Times. I mean, before before the Mandalorian episodes, I really always thought Tuscans were just bad, bad, bad things. Mm-hmm. Not even people. You know, just bad things. Mm-hmm. And now I think right, they're just right. a little misunderstood. Well, there's the Tuscan Raider. The news. Give me regular reports, please. Right. Today in breaking news, macaroons go through the roof as Baby Yoda snacks on them during the last episode <laughs> of The Mandalorian. Oh my gosh. Was that not one of the funniest scenes ever, dude? It really was, man, when he was snacking on uh-huh. him and then it just like any kid on a roller coaster, you know? And that hey, spoiler alert, FYI, just in case you didn't see the Mandalorian, hit pause, go watch the Mando, come on back and listen up. But um yeah, I even like the way, you know, he like barfed on his shirt there. But no, that's actually really breaking news. Did you hear? Yeah, it's actually no, a no, thing. All right, well, that, he was eating true. a macaroon. It's you know a macaroon. Mm-hmm. They make them in France. They cost a billion dollars each. I don't like them. My sister loves them. I I send them up to her at like Christmas and birthdays or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I I couldn't do anything with them. They're just not for me. But Baby Yoda snacks on some blue macaroons in the or something that looks like blue macaroons. Who knows what they actually are? But um, I guess macaroon sales are just going through the roof now because because <laughs> uh, everybody wants blue Baby Yoda cookies. You know, that's cr- yeah. that's crazy town. You know, hey, I'd rather macaroons be going through the roof than toilet paper and paper towels, dude. And I hand know, sanitizer. sure so, enough, right? Beautiful thing. <laughs> I, I could take a couple yeah. weeks off from some macaroons. <laughs> exactly. And you know, the cool thing was, the funny thing was, is that they didn't even try to make them look like space cookies, right? No. They were obvious macaroons. It seemed like they just pulled them out of the pack somewhere with the foil, and yeah. here you go. Well, you Don't know what? I was actually thinking about that, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? They did look very much like just straight macaroons, ready? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is I, I also was like, well, you know what? I guess they would use kind of the same products. I mean, they have noodle soup. They must have right. noodle soup. The kid eats mm-hmm. broth. So I don't know. So that's why I gave it a little a little leeway there. But yeah, man, William Sonoma even just came out with blue macaroons. 
So, David, <laughs> I mean, it's out of control. It's literally everywhere. Huffington Post, The Cider, GameSpot, mm-hmm. SciFi.com, Nerdist.com. It's everywhere. Right. There's a run on macaroons. So if you want macaroons for your Thanksgiving celebration, you better get to that store right now. Right now. Yeah. They're going quicker than black, than TVs on Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mike, this is straight-up nerd stuff here, right? But uh, I did have one question. I mean, if there's someone out there at some point is going to do a, uh, a an analysis of the appetite cycle of of the child, right? I know, right? Um, because, you know, he was able to throw back those uh, frog lady eggs like, like nothing, right? But somehow, you know, uh, uh, Mando and, and, and Grief and, and, and Cara Dune were able to go and destroy an entire Imperial base, right? And come back... And back on the Razor Crest, he's still snacking like he's only halfway through the pack. Well, they're, of the... they're macaroons, man. You gotta eat them dainty. <laughs> he, he's a he's a kid who's well traveled. He's been to many worlds, man. You know. I, I figured he'd be <laughs> on, uh, on on his third or fourth box by that time. Yeah, I know. I agree. He does eat macaroons super slow, but he looks like a fancy pants eating macaroons super slow. Like, haha! Right. I have your macaroons. You know. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, Mike, is the Mandalorian kind of everything we expected yeah i love it it's awesome Mm -hmm. it's awesome yes i really love Mm -hmm. it i really do i uh it leaves you wanting more every episode everybody wants more every episode which is very very good um Mm -hmm. even if i feel there's a filler episode or something like that like i felt the first part of this one was a Mm -hmm. with the with the frog and the spiders was kind of a filler but it it does cater to a lot of like the ralph mcquarrie artwork and stuff like that which is really cool um, mm-hmm. But I didn't love it. But it was the first part of this last episode, which I absolutely loved. Um, the only reason why uh, the, I, I don't know they had Empire in this, they had Empire being cool bad guys like James mm-hmm. Bond supervillain bad guys like you will never get the microfiche, bah, yes. and you know eating the cyanide mm-hmm. kind of deal or the electricity or whatever. But um. I don't know that that I thought was really cool. You know, the Empire lives or Empire lives for I don't even remember what they said. But whatever yeah. it was, mm-hmm. I was staring at my screen, going, "Yeah," because I don't know. I was always the Imperial guy, man. They got the cooler weapons, cooler vehicles, cooler helmets, cooler bad guys. One hundred percent. You know, and you know, I, I gotta say, I think I think we've mentioned this maybe before, but Lucasfilm, I think, has finally found the right formula um, uh, when it comes to storytelling. Yeah, they understand they understand the Star Wars market now, right? Because yeah. not only do they have do give they it have, to Filoni uh, and walk away. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. You know, you've got uh, tons of stuff for the young fans, like the child. You know, I mean, the the school. Did you even notice uh, when they had the school on, on Navarro that there was a couple of uh, uh, girls that had raised hairstyle? Yes, in there. Andrea so did there's, actually. Yeah, Easter eggs for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side, they've got all the. Uh, 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 the throwbacks to the uh, OT for guys like us, right? Yep. Um, and I mean, just that that uh, uh, that that chase through the the ravine uh, had elements of of, of uh, the trench run. I mean, all three Star Wars mm-hmm. films, right? All three OT films. Uh, but even the it, way the gun turret turned was very uh, Falcon. Yep, very Falcon. Yep, there's some there's Falcon. Falcon sounds in there. You know, you notice when the Razor Crest malfunctions. Yeah, it's always that. Exactly. So, anyway, just just a good formula. Um, and by the turn time, it off, uh, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, by the time you uh, everyone hears this, they're probably are, are knee deep into episode thirteen. 
or chapter 13. Yes. So, so hey, uh, let's make episode chapter 13 guesses since we don't know yeah. what's going on. What do you think? I, I think Ahsoka's been on screen by now. I yeah. think Ahsoka's been on screen by now. Well, um, they, I think they're going to make it the next episode because I do know Filoni yeah. is the one directing this episode and Ahsoka's his creation practically. Exactly. You know? Exactly. That's, like, that's I mean, true. he at least made her huge, mm-hmm. even if he wasn't the creator. Um, so, or if he was, I don't know. We'd have to check. Somebody you know, who knows got, more than me. Talk to yeah. David Quinn would know. He uh, he has a good podcast. Uh, what is it? Prototypes and pre-production. Kenner Prototypes exactly. and pre-production. Uh, David Quinn, check it out. But uh, he is the Ahsoka guy. He has all the Ahsoka prototypes and this, that, and the other, and he knows everything about her. Mm-hmm. But um, so I'm not sure if Filoni created her or he just created the giant, giant personality that is Ahsoka Tano now. I mean, it's even crossing over um, for a new actress, you know? Yeah, so it's right. it's a, a very stable character to be able to mm-hmm. do a step like that. Absolutely. But I think they'll be able to because they've done it with all the other characters we've met, especially in Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. How cool is it that Weequay was 10 and Bar? <laughs> <laughs> so, so cool, so cool. But yeah, anyway, where we left off last week... Uh, you know, there's a tracker on the Razor Crest. He's yep. heading uh, uh, to Ahsoka's uh, hood uh, to meet up with her. So you know Moff Gideon's got to be not too far behind, right? Right. So, uh, I mean, it's almost inevitable that there's going to be an Empire Ahsoka, uh, uh, Din Djarin sort of... Uh, Unless they uh, get him uh, halfway in space. Yeah, you never know. But yeah, there should be the, uh, the final face-off. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, speaking of The Mandalorian, Mike, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I credit this show in particular with really – I got bored for a while, Mike, particularly with – you know, I'm a, a relatively big modern collector. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, prior, before the Rise of Skywalker – I mean, the entire Rise of Skywalker to now kind of was just blah for modern stuff. I mean, there was some good stuff out there, but uh, it really has become a fun time again to be a Star Wars collection, especially when it comes to modern, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Ken has been doing a lot of really cool stuff. The new Black Series box design with the with the angular edge and the artwork, it just, um, it's really, really knocking things out of the park. I mean, I've got the. I'm looking at the entire crew of the uh, uh, the ghost up on my shelf here, yeah. and um, uh, you know, and I just love the fact that when you line these boxes up, it creates a little diorama. Yeah. Or a little, uh, uh, you know, like encyclopedias but, back in the day, the way they all went together to make like a picture. Right. Yeah. Right. So you know, the the black series that they're coming out with um, with a new box design is just really great. You know, it just it makes you want to drain your wallet. It really, really does. And uh, hopefully, in about fifteen years, I'll be able to afford my son's college. But (laughs) 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 even the vintage collection, uh, they've been coming up with some fun, uh, fun figures to collect. Um, Just picked up, uh, got a uh, Hondo. Nice. I actually have a Hondo on pre-order that they just said shipped. Exactly. Exactly. But I like Hondo, man. I mean, yeah. I know I'm not a big modern collector, but, uh, you know, I think he's hilarious. <laughs> well, Ezra Bridger! Uh, I, got, I got a little bit of an edge in the vintage, or I'm sorry, on the uh, modern side. It just so happens that I, I live in a town called Simi Valley. Ah. And um, uh, Entertainment Earth's uh, head, uh, worldwide headquarters is about three blocks from me. So, 
as soon as it's there, I can go pick it up. So you're cheating. You're cheating. You got the inside inside edge. So yeah. why am I so, buying stuff from pre-orders from randos, man? Just go and get double. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so Mike, what do you think? You know, this actually this floored me that they did this, but uh, the retro collection. Yeah. Mandalorian wave. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, I think they're cool. Mm-hmm. I think they're cool. I think people have been making customs like that for a long time. I think they right. should kind of like, I don't know, think of their own stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I think they're cool. They are in the vintage size. I think that's the wonderful thing about Mandalorian that has really, really revived the uh, the Star Wars media Mm-hmm. The aspect of media involving Star Wars is that they are paying attention to the older school fans. That's why we see so many things that we really, really like. Um, that's why we see the the brand new retro collection of them. So they're three and three mm-hmm. quarters. So they feel like the figures we grew up with, which some people want. Um, I'll probably end up getting them because I love the Mandalorian. I think it's yep. really cool. Um, but I don't know. I... I don't know. I guess it's, I'm the guy that complains about super articulation too, man. I'm just a curmudgeon. What do yeah. you want? Well, you know, it's interesting <laughs> that they they did this. You know, it, they're going to be the first retro styled figures released that didn't actually appear in that were never, you know, made before in the 70s and 80s, right? Uh-huh. So, so uh, they they made an interesting decision there to to do that, and it, it, it's working, man, because I got to. Two cases on pre-order from Entertainment Earth. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely a, uh, it's it's definitely a thing that is definitely going to work, man, because they mm-hmm. are catering to the exact right people. Right. My problem is, is I don't know. I'm just I'm bad at modern. Well, when I say I'm bad at modern, I also I don't know. I got Razor Crest coming. You got a Razor Crest mm-hmm. coming, right? Yep. Did yep. you see they just hit the number five unlock? Yep. Yeah. Jawa. Everything is the Jawa. It's an off-world Jawa carded. Right. So that'll be cool, mm-hmm. man. Perfect. Andrea liked and, that. And you know, Mike, there's another thing that, uh, you know, you know the, the, the term that uh, time heals all wounds. Yeah. Right? So, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but there is a black series Jar Jar Binks coming. Okay. <laughs> I, I did see that that was coming. And he has a cool shield. He looks all right. He, he looks like a good cool figure. Cool shield, cool staff, good figure. And I once swore that I would never have a Jar Jar in my collection anywhere. But you know what, man? Something... About it, I mean, it's thirty bucks too. It's one of the big ones, you know, like the uh, uh, the uh, the heavy armored uh, Mando from last year, right? Yeah. Um, I pre-ordered two of them. It looks like a great figure. I, I, I can't wait to welcome Jar Jar into my collection. <laughs> was the heavy armor Mando a Black Series figure? Yeah, it was. A See, Black I series. didn't get one of those, and I really like the heavy armor Mando. I just bought that new one they came out with, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, right. the one that's on the card. It, yes. I don't know. Is that Black Series? No. Yeah, those those are actually Black Series. So is it the but, same figure? Because I opened it. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the same figure, but you know what? I have a, uh, something really interesting, actually. Um, you're talking about these ones here. With the, yeah, uh, that's, sort of I the, got the heavy Mando of that. Yeah. The heavy Mando with the sort of animated card back, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll have to take a look. I haven't seen one. Uh, actually, I haven't personally laid eyes on one. But um, the Cara Dune one appears to be slightly different from the Black Series okay, one. Okay, so right? I need the Black Series so one as well. <laughs> they, they, appear, they appear to have taken a sort of a animated approach to to these carded figures um, 
uh, versus the more photorealistic ones that are on the Black Series right. uh, in the boxes. Uh, but I can't speak to that um, uh, with full confidence. Yeah, no worries. But Different box, too. Box art but, but, is cool. Yeah, one of the weird things, though, is maybe they uh, miscalculated with Cara Dune because if you go to any Target in my neighborhood, uh, all of this, this particular figure is a peg warmer. Really? <laughs> You know they've got like 15 of them on pegs at at, at Targets and Walmart's around my uh, uh, in my neighborhood. No sign of IG11, no sign of Din Djarin, uh, no sign of the uh, uh, heavy armored uh, Mandalorian. Right. But but Kara's like hanging on the pegs, and uh, that's an absolute injustice. <laughs> <laughs> she is so awesome. Yeah, for yeah. sure, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she really is, man. I, I like her character a lot. And I don't know why she'd be a peg warmer, because she comes with cool stuff. They should make yeah. all those, because uh, those ones come with the little piece of Beskar, and they should make mm-hmm. all those go together to make something. Remember right. those Transformers they had back in the day, where you buy each one and then they would all stick together? They all stick together. Devastator, or something. Yeah. I don't know if that's what they were called. But, uh, right. yeah, those are some of my favorite toys, the, mm-hmm. the ones you got to get. I actually got a Boba Fett uh, that's like that. Um, and the only way you can make them is you got to buy all the other bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. It's an right. art FX. Art FX mm-hmm. um, right. And you get all the other bounty hunters, and they each come with a piece of Boba Fett that you can then build the Boba mm-hmm. Fett that goes with the set. It's the only way to have the set of all the bounty hunters, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. I like stuff like cool. that, man. Right on. Excellent. Hey, I got a couple more quick things. Uh, if we got time here yeah i actually um, have one thing for the news uh too um go for, go for all right cool go for it. uh go did for you it. see the lego holiday special i have not seen it yet man it, it is streaming on that uh, it's streaming on disney plus it disney is plus yeah it's hilarious and you know how you were saying before that the mando has something for every age group and every person whether you like four five and six or you like the new ones or right. you like the, the special edition or whatever it has yes. all of it it has little nods and jokes to all that stuff so definitely watch it it's free on disney plus it's the lego That's star great. wars holiday special um it is not weird like the original holiday special which is one of the weirdest movies uh-huh. ever created but um <laughs> but uh no it's it's not weird at all it's actually a really fun story and right. uh i liked it a lot I liked it a lot. Perfect. Yeah, well, so I'll tell you what, it. Mike. Here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to watch it, and then the next podcast, which will be in December, uh, we'll do a uh, holiday uh, Star Wars holiday special review. Yeah, sounds good, man. All I'm right. Down. Excellent. I liked Excellent. it a lot. And, yeah, that's all your homework. Everybody go home and watch Star Wars holiday special. Absolutely. So another quick thing. Um, I happened to be in a Target a couple of weeks ago and uh, uh, came across – Back in 2014, before uh, The Force Awakens, um, when Lucasfilm released uh, the two trilogies digitally for digital streaming services, right? Uh-huh. They came out with uh, what was called the, uh, the Digital Release Commemorative Collection, uh, which is basically a, a five box, six boxes, one for each film, and there was four figures each in each box, right? Okay. So... There are these things right here, and uh, this is the Empire Strikes Back. It's actually a really uh, pretty box, man. They are. That's. I love the, these are the things. Yeah. These are got what got me back into collecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, uh, you guys out there, if you want to take a look at these, if you haven't seen them, just search for the Star Wars Digital Release Commemorative Collection. And there was a box for all six current films. Um, anyway, I snatched all those up as many as I could back in the day because, and that's really the thing that reignited my 
love for collecting. Right. I happen I happened to be in a Target recently and they had three or four of these on the shelves again. And I figure they may have found them in inventory from five years ago or six oh, years ago yeah. and threw them back out there. So if you guys are interested in these boxes, you know, just take a look, you know, in the nooks and crannies of your local Target. But uh, you might find a couple of these uh, uh, digital uh, commemorative collection boxes hanging around. Um, uh, so I you, actually you found them recently. Yeah. Yeah. I just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I, was cool. floored. I was for I was Every time I see these, I buy them. Yeah. Right. Uh, just because they're just so cool. And again, you can see the side of the box. If you line all of them up. It says Star Wars, and there's a huge, like, sort of uh, um, uh, piece of artwork when you have all of them on the shelf. Nice. And that's the kind of thing that I love. This is what makes collecting fun for well, me, Well, see, right? they got you with the Black Series, too, yeah? Yeah, they, they, they yeah. did the same thing with the new Black Series boxes. Anyway, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, so check your targets uh, and, and uh, see what you – you never know what you're going to find when you get there. Sure enough. And the, the very last thing, uh, I think – the best thing I've seen all year from a Star Wars collecting standpoint, mm-hmm. um, particularly modern, is a guy – there's a guy out of Utah named uh, Michael Wheeler who is a uh, one of the, the droid builders, right? You know, you, they come to ICCC every year, Mike. Um, yeah, I know the droid and, <laughs> and he has applied his droid building skills to uh, making uh, dioramas for 3.75 figures. Now – there's diorama makers out there, all over the place, right? You can buy you can buy um, walls for star destroyers on Amazon for you know this and that. You can there's all kinds of stuff, but this one in particular really uh, caught my attention. Um, he's got a little gig called uh, it's called GTP Toys and Collectibles, but the URL is spacewalls.net. Spacewalls. Dot net, and what he's done is he's made a one twelve scale replica of the Tantive uh, Four blockade runner hallway. Okay, yeah, it and looks really cool. I'm looking at a picture of it's, it. Yeah, it's really really cool. It is now the the edge that these droid builders often have is is they have access to Lucasfilm source materials, so they make things super super accurate. It measures about thirty six inches long. You can you can put thirty figures on it. Um, it's got removable uh, doors uh, and a hundred plus static and blinking LEDs. So, can you imagine this thing on a shelf, uh, uh, displaying your vintage figures? It just looks so so cool. Yeah, it does look very very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, it's a very just, fair price point too, man. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, it's one hundred seventy nine bucks, and uh, it looks like he is taking pre orders through december 13th so everyone still has time to kind of t- take a peek at those and if you want to get in on it, get in on it. I- i'm certainly gonna gonna grab one uh, well we'll toss but- the link up underneath the podcast too so that way Absolutely. you guys can go right to it but no it is really cool and don't worry folks we'll mm-hmm. always bring you cool stuff we find like that uh we always want to tell you about the coolest neatest ways to display your vintage figures and your modern figures as a matter of fact right so. well Anyway, uh, uh, Michael Wheeler, I don't know you. I've never met you, but thank you for making something so cool. And uh, I love when we'll, people uh, put in the time and the effort. Well, that's the Droid Builders. If anyone's not familiar with the Droid Builders, really check it out. They make um, life-size droids and figures and stuff like that um, that they bring mm-hmm. to conventions, ICC Con being one of those conventions. But uh, it's unbelievable the kind of dedication and time.
time um, and beauty that they create with these uh, wonderful, wonderful in-depth creations that I can never even start to imagine doing. Ask Mike. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Welcome to the Ask Mike section of IC Star Wars. Every podcast I put up a post on the Imperial Commissary. The Imperial Commissary, if you are wondering, it's the group that spawned all these wonderful subgroups, the podcast, the convention, everything like that. You can check it out at uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Imperial Commissary. But uh, join up if you're into vintage Star Wars stuff. The Imperial Commissary, I put up a post every single time we do a podcast on the Imperial Commissary, and I say, ask Mike, ask me anything in the comments about me, the IC, ICCCon, Star Wars, Music City Havens, IC, Star Wars, anything. I will do my best to answer it off the cuff on the airwaves. Um, so here we go. I'm going to, I don't look at any of these questions ahead of time, um, so they are fresh. So here we go. Starting off, um, 1.4 thousand people saw the post. 27 people gave it a like, and we only have five comments. So it'll be a short one today. That's okay. I guess everybody knows what's going on. That's wonderful. Um, Sam Sams, what is missing from your collection that you'd like Santa to bring you for Christmas? Assuming you've been a good boy. Well, I think I've been a good boy, and Santa always hooks me up. I would love, um, well, I hope Santa brings me something fun. I want to be surprised. I, I would say, there, see, there's certain things that... Uh, Okay. Besides Santa, I have a lovely wife that also listens to this podcast, and if I start spouting off things, she will go and try to find them with uh, all the ability that she has, and I love her for that, but also, I don't want her to just go wasting insane amounts of money on silly things I will eventually find because I hunt every day. Um, I would like one beater Hong Kong Boba Fett, please, for Christmas. Stacy T. Henson, if you were a Mandalorian, what would your insignia be? Hmm, that's a tough one. Well, I've never fought a mudhorn, and uh, I don't know. I'm not a farmer, so the Boba Fett one wouldn't work with the, uh, the wheat. Hmm, let me think. What would my, like, my sigil be, huh? Uh, I don't know. I guess the IC logo. Could do the IC logo. Hmm. Maybe something involving no repro. <laughs> Whole bunch of repro weapons being burnt in a sigil. That would be hard to show um, on a shoulder pad. But uh, I don't know. Um, I'd say the IC logo or the ICCC logo or something like that. Something that just shows what we're trying to do. Um, because I, all right, I will connect it. Um, I think like the Mandalorian and like Boba Fett and stuff like that, we have a very, very strict code of laws or set of rules um, on the Imperial Commissary. You can't sell repro. Um, you can't price bash. Uh, you must post a price or not for sale. No fishing. Uh, no harassing anybody. No drama. Stuff like that. And if you look at it, those those rules um, are, are followed to a T. It doesn't matter if you are George Lucas himself. If you cuss somebody out on the IC, you will be banned for it. Um, if you throw a spoiler out there, you will be banned for it. I don't care if it's Filoni putting a spoiler on the IC. I would have to ban him. Um, so that's the crazy thing. So I would say, I don't know, the IC logo, I guess, or the, the other logo. It's all about the rules. It's about following the rules, and the rules have to be fair for everyone. Every single person in the world should have the same rules. 
And the reason why is because there are certain things that need to be rules. No repro needs to be rules. Don't cuss out your fellow members needs to be a rule. Stuff like that. Um, personal opinions don't have to be ruled. Choices don't have to be ruled. Um, but there's certain things that are unbreakable. And there's, to tell you the truth, if you're a good person, all the rules on the IC would not stress you out at all. Um, so yeah, definitely, like the Mandos, this is the way. Follow the rules. I would have the IC logo. Uh, next up, Bob Fryer. What is your most prized possession with vintage Star Wars? Also, do you collect anything else like modern Star Wars or anything? Uh, my most prized possession with vintage Star Wars, I would say the stuff from when I grew up. I always say the B-Wing pilot. I bought a uh, B-Wing pilot Minon card many, many moons ago um, at a toy shop in my hometown of Torrington, Connecticut. And when I purchased that, I thought it was awesome because it was the first card. I, I was born in 1980, so I didn't see all the these wonderful toy aisles filled with Star Wars stuff. I didn't see that. I didn't experience that. I only caught the very, very tail end, and it wasn't even stuff in stores. It was stuff at toy shops or secondary toy shops like collectible stores or antique shops or something like that. That's where I found most of my stuff growing up. When uh, friends of mine, we, we used to go hunting, my mother threw mine away in Winchester Antiques, I remember, and uh, we used to go hunting there, and I bought this mint-on-card B-Wing pilot, and this mint-on-card B-Wing pilot was the first one my friends or I ever saw with the coin on it. I don't know if it's because we lived in Torrington, Connecticut, and it was kind of out of the mainstream of uh, manufacturing process, but uh, we, we never saw or never came across or never registered uh, the Power of the Force carded figures. So when we saw that one with the coin, woof, we thought it was a special limited edition pre-production prototype super salesman sample, you know. Um, it was not. <laughs> this is just a standard B-Wing pilot, Power of the Force. Um, so anyway, I, when I got back into collecting like seven, seven years ago, eight years ago now, shoot, it's been a while. Um, when I got back into collecting heavy, I got all my stuff back from my mom and it was in there. And, uh, I sent it off to AFA to be graded because I was like, oh, this is my special one. Cause we all, you know, we all learn as we've collected for years and years but um i said this is my special one this is my special one i'm gonna send it to afa it was when i first found out afa even existed and uh, i sent it out to afa and they sent it back and it was graded a 50 and i was like ah it looks perfect how could it be a 50 and now that i look back at it and i look at it now it's a 50 <laughs> but um it's still, it was so important to me and so special to me all the way up until I realized that they're worth about a hundred bucks. Um, I just, I didn't know any of them existed before. So that still is um, in the center of my collection room. It is centrally on display and it would probably, people ask me all the time. They say, if your house burns down, which is horrible and knock on wood and all that, and I hope it doesn't happen. But if your house burns down, what would you grab? And, uh... I mean, besides, obviously, family and mementos like that, I'd grab that B-Wing pilot. I mean, I'd let the rest of the stuff burn. Things can be replaced. People can't. Um, and as wonderful as my collection is, uh, I don't know, that beater B-Wing pilot comes with a whole boatload of memories attached to it. So I would definitely take that first. But there you go. That's my most prized thing. What else do I collect? I collect pens. I love some uh, Mont Blanc pens. I collect watches. My favorites are Omegas. Um, 
Brightlings, stuff like that. I collect, what else do I collect? I have pretty much all the Star Wars uh, Hallmark ornaments for the Christmas tree since Christmas has come. And Andrea collects that, uh, what is it, Department 56 Snow Village. She's got a massive one set up in the house. And uh, modern, modern, what else do I collect? Well, I bought that Heavy Mandalorian because I think the Heavy Mando is awesome. Um, that's brand new. I'm trying to look around my room and see if I have anything in here. There's some Black Series over there, but I doubt I bought those unless they're the Mandalorian. I did buy the Mandalorian Black Series. If it spikes my interest, man, and it's modern, I'll buy it. I know Andrea downstairs has that new Babu Freak doll, and there was a cool Mandalorian with a speeder bike that I don't even know. Mighty Mugs or not Mighty Mugs. It's like these little miniature things, but it was really cool, and Andrea just picked that up. Legos. I collect Legos, man. I love Legos. I love building Legos. Well, actually, I pass the pieces across the table and Andrea puts them together because my big meatloaf hands won't uh, won't do Legos very well. But uh, I, I like building Legos. We have most of the Star Wars Legos from uh, ooh, at least the past six years, all the Star Wars Legos, and we build them all together and we display them. We've run out of display room. I also collect art in real life. I have real jobs and uh, I have art galleries and I collect... Uh, what is it? Um, I collect contemporary um, African American and Latin American, or yeah, African 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 American and Latin American art. So I collect all those things. And what else do I collect? Hmm. Hmm. Ooh, patches and swag and stuff like that. I love it. I have this giant corkboard wall going up to my collection room that is covered in it. I have pine saw frisbee promotions. I like some weird promotions. I have. Uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Dori Doriana margarine container tops that have a wicket on it and stuff like that, an R2 from uh, Argentina, um, just old garbage like that. Over here, I, I bought a, uh, I really lucked out, I think I really lucked out, but I bought a uh, Top Toys shipping box for Top Toys Chewbacca. Top Toys was a line of Star Wars toys that was made in Argentina, and I bought that Top Toys shipping box and... I love it, but it's a moldy, ratty, gross old box. Shipping box. It's like 40-year-old cardboard garbage. I don't know, but um, I like those kind of things. I like the one-off things. I like the harder-to-find things. I like bootlegs. I collect bootlegs, vintage bootlegs. I'm not a big fan of the modern ones because they just confuse the issue, but I collect uh, very rare vintage bootlegs, and most of them are more rare than rocket-firing Boba Fett's. Um, but less people are interested in them, obviously, because they're not that mainstream. Uh, what else? Yankee stuff. Some New York Yankee stuff, for sure. Some New York Jets stuff. I got a few signed Jets helmets. What else? Hmm. Well, I don't know. That's a million things. Artwork. Even Star Wars art. I like uh, original pieces that become famous Star Wars paintings that we know. I like to buy the originals of those and put them with the, uh, the print so it looks cool. Um, props. Props, screen use props. I got some of those too. Screen use props. I'm a big fan. Um, I like the behind the scenes stuff, construction crew, stunt crew, um, internal pictures, stuff like that. I don't know. That's the kind of stuff I'm really into. When it comes to modern, when it comes to vintage, I really, really love the figures more than anything. Even more than I love loose more than carded. Um, Boba Fett is awesome. Boba Fett is awesome. But to be honest, his card backs are kind of boring. Um, there's only the two scenes. And besides it being Boba Fett and being awesome, it's kind of a boring card back. I personally like the uh, Biker Scout card back way more than the uh, 
Boba Fett one. So even the Emperor card back. There's a bunch of card backs I like a lot better than the Boba Fett card back. I find it to be very basic and boring. And uh, very, very early, you know, mid-1980s Photoshop quality. I I don't like it. (laughs) So there you go. Bombshell. Who knew? Uh, Next up. Paul Cherneau, Cherneau, Paul Cherneau. Hey, Mike, is there one wild find that you have ever went on that sticks in your memory? Like something ultra rare that you never, ever thought you would see just laying around in somebody's basement? Uh, yeah, totally. I've had some wild finds that are really, really cool. Um, and they've had lots of carded figures or stuff like that. But um, one that just totally shocked me. It was, I, I put a newspaper ad in the Tennessee, and it's our local newspaper. And I put a newspaper ad in, and I said, looking to buy Star Wars stuff, uh, I wonder, uh, it was really funny. Hold on, let me see if I have it here. Um, I do not have it here. But it was like, looking to buy Star Wars stuff, uh, if you happen to have, you know, something of high value, your next vacation could be just sitting in your attic waiting for you to, you know, sell it to me and go on vacation. But it was like way funnier than that. Anyway, I get a call. And uh, there's this guy, and he goes, my mom read your ad in the newspaper, and I have some Star Wars stuff left over from when I was a kid. If you want to come out and see it, um, come out and see it. So I said, okay, um, I'll come out this weekend with my wife, and uh, we'll come check it out. So he went out there, and he had a nice collection. I mean, probably like six, seven vehicles, mostly complete. Um, I'd say about 50 figures, um, mostly complete. I mean, not everything was there. Obviously, they were played with. And, uh, yeah, that was about it. And I'm like, okay. And we worked out a deal for that. And he was super duper happy. And he's like, you know what? I have something else. He's like, I don't know if you'll be interested in it. And I said, sure. What do you got? And he brings out a photo album. And in this photo, just a little brown photo album. And in this photo album, there's six proof cards. (laughs) Kenner pre-production proof cards. Um, I said, how did you get these? He said, well, uh, one of my mom's friends worked at Kenner and when he used to come visit, he used to bring me stuff. So he brought me these. So I went through the rest of the collection with a fine tooth comb when I got it home to make sure there were no other prototypes that some random Kenner employee just gave to this kid. But, um, anyway, I'm looking through the proof cards and the proof cards were, it was a Boba Fett. It was a Tusken Raider. It was a Jawa. It was a Dengar and a Bosk. Those were the six. Um, see how good I remember it? And this was, shoot, six years, five years ago now. Um, but anyway, those were the six cards. And those six um, proof cards, they, they all have a good value. And I'll even tell you how much I paid for them and everything because it was kind of funny. And uh, it's kind of become my process for purchasing because, you know, if people don't believe you, it's better for them to go talk to somebody else, and then you blow that price out of the water, and then they tend to go with you. Um, but what I do is I tell them, hey, these are the two major companies that buy large lots. Um, and I tell them the two major companies. Everybody knows them. I'm not going to mention them here. I'm not trying to start a fight with them or nothing like that. But um, <laughs> there's two major companies that buy Star Wars stuff to resell. And those two major companies, you can send them all your stuff. I say, send them a list of everything. And then you get their offer, and I will crush it. And they always say, okay. And they go send them the the thing. And those 
two majors come in at about 20 to 30% of market price. And then I slap them back with 70% of market price and they love me more than anything in the world. So, uh, <laughs> it's actually a very easy system. Feel free to use it. Um, that's how you buy and sell Star Wars toys. Anyway, um, so I, I usually do that. Well, the thing is, is this guy was a little bit snooty. Snooty? Snotty. But uh, yeah, he was a little bit snooty. And what he did is he said, I already contacted blah, blah, blah toys. And they said that they're each easily worth $200. And the Boba Fett is worth $600. <laughs> so so and i'm sitting there going this boba fett's worth like seven grand or five grand or something like that five grand i don't know but a heck of a lot more i didn't really know at the time because they were pre-production proofs and i never touched anything pre-production at the time um so anyway i'm like all right man i'm like well i'll tell you what i'll double it so i paid him double that which was 600 plus 200 plus 200 so let me let me do the math real quick i got a calculator here but it was 600 times two so that's 1200 bucks plus 400 each on the rest so i paid him 3200 dollars, 3200 dollars, and i got like seven eight grand worth of stuff nine grand worth of stuff um it was awesome it was awesome. He didn't care. They were in a photo album from forever ago. He had no connection to them whatsoever because they were from some random dude that was visiting his mom. And uh, he made, shoot, I mean, I paid him for the collection too. He probably made four or five grand that day on like a random Saturday, you know, just for stuff he had that was garbage. I mean, you should have seen it. His wife was like, please just take all this crap. And uh, he was like, you know, I haven't touched it for 30 years. So that worked out. And uh, what happened is I got in the car, Andrea and I drove away and I went to the gas station that was closest. I got out of the car and I called everybody I knew and I was like, you're never going to believe what just happened. <laughs> but uh, I've had many wild finds since, uh, many, many wild finds since. And uh, that one really, really sticks in my head because it's just such... An astounding thing to see. I mean, this is... I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. There's no reason that those happen to be... And this was out in, like, Bucksnort or somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And uh, Bucksnort is a real place in Tennessee. Go ahead and Google it if you don't believe me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that, that was a really, really good one. That, I would say, was my most exciting one that really, really sticks in my memory. Because it was crazy. There was another one where I went down to this place in Alabama. And a member, actually somebody who listens to the podcast all the time, gave me the tip. And remember, I pay a 10% finder's fee for tips. You give me a tip that pans out, I'll give you 10% um, of whatever I pay for it. So uh, that's easy for just a phone number. Anyway, this guy sent me a marketplace listing. He said, hey, man, I bought this Han Solo blaster. And uh, the guy said, I asked the guy if he had more stuff. Because I'm always saying, hey, you know... 99% of the time, the reason why you don't find anything in the wild is because you don't ask. Uh, if somebody's selling something on Marketplace, ask them if they have more stuff. Very few Star Wars collectors just happen to have one piece. Um, it's just not the way it is. So this guy asked him, and the guy said, yeah, I got a bunch more stuff. And so the guy went, and he looked real quick, and it was way out of his price range. I mean, I think it was like $20,000, $22,000 or something I had to pay for it. Um, but anyway... 
I go looking through it and uh, go all through it, and it's everything, like everything. I mean, that's the picture. If you go to uh, Facebook and look up Music City Havens, that's where I have a couple friends that help me sell stuff and package stuff and ship stuff. But uh, just because it's it's gotten so big, because um, I buy everything. <laughs> but uh, anyway, if you go check out Music City Havens, that picture there, the profile picture, is that lot. It is the lot that I found down there in Alabama, and it was insane. It had all the black hole figures, all the Indiana Jones, all the uh, Butch and Sundance. It had, oof, 50, 60, 70 maybe carded figures. It was nuts. It was nuts. The thing was is it was in a basement that was a gross basement that I definitely was crawling through really, really gross stuff, and the guy was less than helpful. Um but whatever, it was awesome. And who knew? In a random basement in Alabama. I mean, it was in the middle of nowhere in Alabama. There was probably like a house for a mile and a half that I saw besides the house I was at. So besides thinking you're getting murdered on Craigslist or something. it's. <laughs> but those are the risks we take as collectors. Uh, next up, Mark Catley. What's going to be the big figure from the vintage figures in 2021, and why will it be Bosk? Mark Catley is a Bosk-focused collector, so he's partial. Um, but uh, he says, why will it be Bosk? Man, you know what? If you think Bosk is going to happen, I'll tell you how Bosk is going to happen. Bosk is going to happen if he shows up in The Mandalorian. No doubt. Um, people like Bosk. Bosk is a really cool, cool figure. Um, he even has a specialty blaster, which I think is way too cheap for it being a specialty blaster on a somewhat major figure. Um, you know, the Bounty Hunter set is very sought after by most collectors. Um, so Bosk is always in there. So Bosk is a, is a decently heavy hitter already. And when do I think he will make the jump? When do I think he will make the jump into the White Cape Leia's of the world price range? Um, I don't know if he will. But if he does, it'll be because they come out with The Bosk Show. Or they come out with a couple Mandalorian episodes with some Bosks up in there. But, um, or Trodesians, right? They're Trodesians? I might be wrong on that. I'm working off the top of my head. And, uh, I'm old now, so the top of my head is far away. <laughs> Well, anyway, folks, thanks a lot for listening to this Ask Mike section of IC Star Wars. We have answered all the questions. Um, we had a lot of likes. Next time, ask a question. It could be about anything. What do you want to know? Ask me how to make uh, fried mozzarella or something. I'll teach you. And for all you folks out there that don't know what mozzarella is, it is mozzarella cheese. But if you want to know how to make it, make sure you ask a question. Next time on Ask Mike. ICCCon update. Today we have a special guest star. This is Sean Crawford, the incomparable yak face from Return of the Jedi. Sean, how are you? Hello, Michael. I'm, I'm good. I'm very good. Yes, it's, uh, what is it, 2 o'clock in the afternoon where you are and it's uh, 8 o'clock here. Yeah, 2 p.m. So, uh, yeah, I've just... Just had some dinner and uh, chilling out now, and how nice to see you. It's very nice to see you. We have you on video here, but uh, a lot of this will go out audio. Philip's also here, and uh, we can see behind uh, Sean Crawford, he has a very festive Christmas yak face, and I like that guy right there. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's cool, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. Oh, nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. We're really excited. Sean is going to be the first guest we are announcing for ICCCon 2021. It'll be on April 16th through 18th in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Check it out, icnashville.com. So, Sean, we have some questions for you, if you don't mind. Philip has some written down right there, so he's going to get us started off, and then I will ask yep. more. And then we even have questions from a few folks on the Imperial Commons we're going to ask you here live that's right okay that's a lot of trouble yep perfect so first question uh, uh mr crawford is what are you looking forward to most about uh, joining us again in 2021 i think um to see i made a lot of friends out there from the uh, like the georgia alliance best Bin prime you know mm. the clubs out there and uh yeah i, I made, basically made a lot of friends and i feel uh I, I can't wait to see them again and uh, get re reacquainted and stuff. Well, the wonderful news is they will be there again. Uh, Georgia Star Wars Alliance already has a club table. Bespin Prime is going to come in full force with Robin and uh, Abdul and Dennis Hall and all those fine folks, and uh, that'll be good. Yeah, so they will be there again. You will be there again. Everybody, that's that's one of the best parts about the con is we get to all come so together. Yeah, I mean, meeting the people, plus uh, what Michael puts on, the, all the events. Uh, I mean, it's just a real fun fun weekend, a well, really good fun weekend. Keep, right. it, keep it secret, Sean. People can't know I can throw a good party. <laughs> or else I'll have to plan baby showers all year, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Sean, what was your most memorable part of ICCC 2019? Oh, golly. Um I think, I mean, just it's the first time I've been to Tennessee. I mean, that was a mm -hmm. lot to take in. I mean, the, it was just a completely new experience. I mean, there wasn't one defining thing. I mean, it, it was just a whole weekend. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, the people, the, the, it was, it's so much the people that make the weekend, you know, really, I can't emphasize that. It's such a positive and uplifting and just a fun weekend. And and if you're into Star Wars, it's just the best. You know, it's 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 good. It's it's top. Well, I right, gotta right. I gotta ask you one. Uh, so Jack Daniels, does it taste better when it, it's locally sourced and fresh off the line, or is it no different? Do you get the same thing over there? Cause see, when I go over to England, okay, I do know. <laughs> I get a lot of, like, you get a Coca-Cola, and it's definitely a different flavor. And that's probably because you guys have rules that are like, hey, listen, you can't put that much sugar in it. You'll kill people. And we're like, hey, put sugar in it. It's delicious. Yeah, you, yeah. So <laughs> that might be the I taste flavor there. That, that reminds me, sugar. Um, I have one of your, your teas. Teas. Oh, the sweet tea. sweet tea. Yeah. Oh, man. No. No, no, no. Oh, just did not expect that. And what else did I have? I had... Um, Ah, uh, it's, it's, it's loads of food. Uh, uh, torn pork. Is oh yeah, pulled pork? pork. Pulled pork. Uh, I, I had your house, uh, uh, Michael. That was just brilliant. I mean, yeah. it's it's experiencing all these new new things. And uh, I mean, for you, you take it for granted. But for um, me, it was all a good experience. And uh, yeah, back for more. That's wonderful. That's great to hear. Actually, maybe even get a bit of that uh, mechanical bull. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get you on one of those. They got those Cowboys here. Cowboys can do. <laughs> All right. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's like that though. You know, anything goes. It's um, we're up for it. Also, I was with my um, 
Opa um, Tim, which it's and 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 the and the the, uh, the other celebrities you had on were just uh, just great. So much fun. Thanks. Man. It was uh, it was well, I can't speak highly of it, uh, high enough of the, the weekend really. I appreciate it. All right. Well, hey, that's well, actually a great lead-in with uh, Tim. He's talking about Tim Dry. Uh, Tim Dry and uh, Sean here were not only both in Star Wars, but uh, mm-hmm. they were both in a band that Philip happened to like so much. He actually has a tape of yours somewhere. No way. <laughs> yeah. No, so, we spoke. We spoke a little bit last year, but uh, uh, just to. Um, uh, I'm sure you talked to a thousand people. So, Tim, when I was. Uh, 13, 14 years old, I was really big into the synth pop new road thing, Duran Duran, Gary Newman, all, all right. that jazz. And in my little slice of the world, Southern California, specifically in a place called Claremont, there was an indie, indie record store called Rhino Records. And um, they, did, they did a lot of imports, right? So I was asking around one day uh, you know, for some new music, and the guy at the counter suggested to me we just got this from England. This is TikTok. This is 84, 85. And it was a copy of Intolerance, right? All right. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, uh, and I listened to the heck out of that thing. My favorite uh, song on that was Show Me Something Real. Anyway, oh, uh, that's my backstory. That's, I mean, that's, that was, I mean, that, that's, uh, I mean, that was a great fun time we had. I mean, Tim and I were, you know, performance artists. Uh, at the time of filming Star Wars, uh, Return of the Jedi, and uh, we actually looked a lot stranger under the heads than <laughs> we did with the heads on, believe it or not. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, um, it's so nice to have uh, him as my best friend for like 40 mm-hmm. years, which is, and we meet at these um, conventions all around the world. It's it's one of the nicest things that can happen to you, you know, in, in, in your later years, you know, to right. still be uh, good friends and experience new times right well it's just the, the the for me i didn't realize until 2019 when i met you both at iccc 2019 that you guys were tick and talk yeah. um and so uh, immediately i mean i was so then i of course went back and, and researched the timelines uh your uh performance art and your music predated your involvement in star wars so my yeah. question how did those two worlds interconnect? Oh, it, it, it just totally naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were mime artists by trade. We studied mime together. Uh, right. In those days, um, we were used as special effects on films. You know, we were in other horror films. As prosthetics was our second second sort of job. You know, if right. it was a rubber suit, we were in it. You know, that was that was happening <laughs> in those days, and we. Uh, so that that was great fun and being part of the music system was uh, something we sort of evolved in with the mind because mm. the, our performances were um quite popular with uh, the the bands of those days uh right. I mean, like duran they took us when we, we performed with them uh, you know mm. a special guest uh, not on stage playing a guitar but we did a little show and um yeah, other bands. There's a guy called Gary Newman. We did shows with him, and mm-hmm. oh, we worked with work with them all. And uh, I mean, I think uh, Prince was somebody in. in we 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 were doing jo- uh, shows in New York. I think a small club at that time, and you know he was evolving in those days. And uh, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was, yeah. What can I say? Got it, got it. So that it led you to uh, uh, 
being featured in Return of the Jedi, huh? How, how did that go um, down? We, we got that through, um, well, we were known uh, not only musically, um, mm-hmm. but um, we were known, we, we sort of originated this sort of robotic um, star movement, which became a real uh, craze in the 80s. It was a dance floor hit. This is pre-body popping. This is before Michael Jackson, right. uh, you know, that that sort of body popping took off. It was a, it was a clumsy, it was a robotic uh, movement which came straight from mine and um it was uh what can you say that got us into a lot of tv shows we were doing um a lot of um children's television to um music pop promos introducing this robotic dance which was became a big craze in the 80s and um so we were known for our mime skills which uh, helped us get the parts, uh, the casting, and um, yeah, we we sort of cruised in, and, and uh, how amazing! Absolutely. When you walked onto that set, was it weird? Did you look at it and be like, "What the heck are they doing? Who actually funded something like this?" Or did you see Star Wars oh, no, before we, it, and know it wasn't what was the going set. on? As soon as you walked, as soon as you walked through the gates, you just thought, "Whoa, this is big!" Um, and you could, see, you know, it's a uh, I think we were working on a small budget in... Oh, no, we worked on that afterwards. But the, um, this was the first big budget film we'd ever been on. And you could see millions of pounds there. It was like everything was like on such a big scale. You know, you had trucks with stuff on and, and just uh, loads and loads of people. It, was, it wasn't like one lighting guy this was rigs and and just studios and you could just see that the immense size of this this production um and then the the, the detail the um i mean we didn't see the set for some time we we had uh, first we were introduced to the um the actual the heads the the, the characters we're going to be and uh, you know i was presented with the act face and uh, tim was uh, he was uh, whipped and um, you know you have a you, you have your wardrobe you get your heads and then you get your wardrobe tests to make sure everything works and then I think it was like two days later we we were introduced to the set and uh, yeah when you walk in it was yeah again it was just bre- uh, breathtaking the, the detail was just amazing and uh, it was lovely because you had time to sort of take it all in and I mean throughout the throughout the filming. You know, there, there was um, there were long days, but uh, so you could see. So you know, you you had front row front row seats at this amazing event. So and, you got um, to watch other scenes getting filmed. Yeah, that's also, cool, it was, man. It was. Um, yeah, I mean, we could just walk around and see the other sets as well. It was, you know, when they were building the Ewok village, and you know, it was just, it was. Just to see the height of the, just go on the uh, the actual into the studios and sets was just amazing. It was uh, brilliant. I mean, it's uh, actually it's quite nice. You're giving me a little bit of flashback time, you know. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, no, that's uh, I I could only imagine, man. I would love to just see yeah. something like that. I guess what mm. we have now is we have that uh, Disney uh, the Galaxy's Edge thing, but. It can't compare to what the movie sets looked like. It was just the size of the sets. Yeah, I, mean, I can't even imagine. 
and the reality. I mean, of course, it wasn't it wasn't just like a, a flat theatre. You know, it was a back screen or whatever. They were 3D. You know, walls were removed, and you took a, uh, a shot from that angle, or see, it, or everything was real. You know, it was. It was brilliant, okay. and no CGI in those days. Right. Oh, actually, there was a what's this? A lighting. I remember one effect came in. It was never used. There was so much that this film was never used. I mean, uh, Yakface actually had a a scene uh, that you know was filmed. That was a whole. I had a an argument with Reeves, and you know, there's a Barney, and it was a, it was a quite a humor humorous bit, but uh, it was taken out because uh, I mean, realistically, Yakface wasn't an animated head. You know, like um, uh, Akbar, You know, he had he had cable cables in the mouths and eyes, and you know, he was an animated head. And so, with the conversation of between Yak and uh, Reeves, there was uh, very little animation, no lip movement. And it and Yak was actually I don't know if you how much you can see of me, but yeah, Yak was basically up. Uh, my head was through the neck, and my vision was um, well. It was like looking through a a scent piece or something in the neck. So, but that was really my, my, my air input and my, my vision, my vision was like 5%, absolutely nil. Wow. Uh, it was, uh, but hey, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was, uh, I, I believe that that was cut out because, well, it just didn't, didn't make it, you know, it was, uh, the idea was good, but when you look back at the rushes, it, 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 didn't make it, which is fair enough. Um, yeah. I think I have cool. one of you right here. That's what I'm looking for. I think I have a yak. Yep, here. Right, right. <laughs> there we go. I got one of you that. right there. Oh, you can't oh. see it because of my That's background. Here, I'll shut off my silly I can background. I half. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, uh, he, he's, I mean, as you know, he's a – I mean, I didn't – there was a bit of a funny thing because I, I had no idea. I did the filming and went on and um, – went on in life because i mean it was crazy in those days and um i think we went to japan after that or you know we were there 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 and everywhere mm-hmm. and um i had no idea that you know that yeah i did the film and of course it you only saw films in those days when they're at the cinema you know this is pre-videos mm-hmm. so um uh, i had actually seen the um the part uh, that I was in the actual with the yak face in it, the the um, with the scene in, and um, which was never seen in in uh, re- you know uh, on the screens afterwards, and uh, so I presumed it was in there at all times, and it wasn't till about it was probably two years later or something. I think Tim and I were in. Oxford Street, which is a main shopping thing, and we had some time on our hands, and we thought we'd go into this little cinema because it was it had to be re-shown. It wasn't like on the main event, and we went in there and to, to see Star Wars, and the uh, the scene wasn't there, and I thought, well, oh, that's odd. I'm, I'm must it must be short, and I thought it was, but um, but anyway, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm must have missed it, and then I think it was much later again. I saw it. Gain and it wasn't there, and I thought, oh, well, maybe it wasn't on there. You know, I'd imagined it. I mean, so much was going mm-hmm. on in those days, and then, um, and then the video came out. It was definitely not on there, so I thought, oh, okay. 
And then I think it was a DVD came out a lot later and there were stills from this scene. And I thought, no, I didn't imagine it. It did actually happen. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of years in between here, but that, that really did uh, confuse me a bit. But um, hey, but uh, as I said, uh, the I, I, I went on, did the filming and went on. And uh, I had no idea about the, the figures the uh, and the old yak face figure. I mean, golly, I would have bought up heap of them, you know, mm-hmm. getting them out. Because what are they, £1.59 yeah. or 58 or something yeah. like that? I mean, I would have bought a big box and given them a brother, my sister, yeah. you know, friends. That, oh, missed out big time there. You had your own action and, figure. Oh, <laughs> no idea. And then, yeah. um, but then, of course, when I did realise they were out, it took a, about a year to try and get one because there wasn't the internet and uh, right. sort of, but I managed to get one at uh, some convention in, in Birmingham. Uh, I wish I took the guy's name, you know, the the, the uh, vendor. Because, I mean, he gave me a good discount as well, you know. It was, uh, but I, I was so pleased when I got one. And, uh, in fact, that, that's why I, um, I made that Yak Face um, Owners Club. That's uh, right. Pin yeah. Because you know, uh, I was just so chuffed to get one. I, fe- I felt special and I, I also under, I sort of understand where collectors come from you know and because yeah. I hadn't been a collector I'm now a, a focused yak face collector and I you know I find get so many things now I'm I'm stuck there in it love it love. in fact the other day I don't know if you it's one of your guys uh do, have you seen the uh where's uh yeah the, uh, Joseph Chambers yeah Joe Chambers that's yep. right I mean he's a friend of mine and um He's, he's a good guy. He's one of the admins of the Imperial Commissary. Really good dude. He, yep. He's such a yeah, yeah. So chuffed when I got that, and uh, yeah, I love I love little customs as well. You know, they sort of some the artwork on it. I mean, that got me again to do get into it and do my own stuff. You know, mm-hmm. there's a whole creative uh, world. So I'm rabbiting on. No, you're all right. (laughs) Well, it's great. It's great because I I think about it. I remember your table from the con last year, and it's all covered with all these different badges, and you brought your own patches to give away that were exclusives, and all these different patches and a tablecloth with all this different – and it's all things that different crews or different clubs or different – you know, yeah. Mandalorian well, look, actually, Merch 501st have given you. And that's so cool that you like it yeah. so much. And since you use the word focus, Yak Face Collector, you're you're already in it, man. You're, you're a collector. You're you're forget it. about that's it. That's for sure. You're just <laughs> That's it, man. Start putting up shelves. Take right. down the TV and put up shelves. <laughs> you're going to need the space. <laughs> I, I, downstairs, I've got, I've got the, a lot, lot of stuff. Okay, it's uh, luck, fortunately... It's yak face, so it, it's it's not like uh, before Tudor, you know. It's, it's not huge amount of stuff out there, right. so um, you know I can get away with the hallway being decorated right. with it, and uh, yeah. Oh, but I, you know, I enjoy it. I love it. No, that's great, man. That's yeah. uh, that's that's the whole thing about this convention. It's all about the collectors. So it's really cool when folks like you, movie stars that we actually, I mean, dude, you're the most famous figure. You're the one, man. If you're collecting the exactly. complete set, that's the one. That's the grail. Yeah. That's at the end of the line. That's the light at the end of the tunnel. It is. I, yeah. I see the joy of people when they actually get it. You know? Well, I was um, super excited when I got my I yak. Mean, I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that brings me to another question. So uh, when we last year, when I was becoming um, 
number number 84. Oh, you got the, it right there? Uh, of the, uh, Mine's on the, the wall in the other room. <laughs> uh, the Yak Face Owners Club. We were having a discussion about this, and I think our listeners would like to hear. Um, how does it make you feel today that, I mean, you didn't even know there was an action figure till after the fact, right? Yeah. That the that the the character that you brought to life from Return of the Jedi is one of the most sought after figures in the Star Wars collecting universe today. Uh, uh, what's how, well, how does that make you feel? What's your reaction to that? Lucky, <laughs> you know, just just lucky, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, could have been Tim, you know, could have been Whippet. It was it was just happened to be the last figure, and it wasn't released in America, and it was sort of like a it was a yeah, it was the last figure, and it was sort of, it was sort of half. Yeah, it was sort of. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just lucky. Um, right. But um, knowing how hard it is, and 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 the the joy it is to people that actually achieve to get one, and you know to find a loose one on a on a on a, on a in the wild, you know, I mean mm-hmm. that's just bingo, and you you see it, and you know, you I because um, you know I like I, I mean I have my own little yak. Yeah, um, Facebook, where uh, people tell me the stories, you know, where the house is burnt or something, but the yak survived, you know, <laughs> and it, it just sort of, um, th- th- it's quite a personal uh, figure, I find, with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll also link Sean's group below the podcast if you guys want to check that out on the page. Yeah. But uh, that um, way they'll find your group. So if you have a yak face or if you're looking for a yak face, you can join the yak yeah. face group but uh yeah no it's it's awesome man and it's it's awesome to get that feeling i remember when i was little um we had this place it was called my mother threw mine away in torrington connecticut and i was there was a yak face and now mm-hmm. first thing we saw the yak face up in the corner it was just a loose yak face and first thing is we said no way that's a real figure we don't believe it because we were collectors way back in the day when we were little yeah and uh no way we don't believe it. So finally, you know, you look in the back of Tolmarts and stuff like that, and you talk to people and you find it, and you're like, okay, it is real. So it happens to be in this little store in Torrington, Connecticut, and this is, as you said, before internet. So, I mean, it was hard enough to get Parmesan cheese in Torrington, Connecticut, let alone a yak face. And uh, so it's sitting there, and I'm saving my money, saving my money, mowing lawns, you know, and you used to get 10 bucks, you mow a lawn, and I mean a good-sized lawn, and this was a $100 yeah. item way back then. It was 100 bucks, and uh, I never got Shit. enough money together to to get it um because you're a little kid and it's impossibly hard to save a hundred dollars <laughs> and uh i never got it and i never got my actual first yak face until about seven years ago and wow. uh that was yeah. the last one to complete my complete set because i never had a complete set i was a normal kid that you know yeah. you got 12 snow troopers and 15 of these other guys but nobody bought lobot <laughs> yeah huh? so Man, Yak Face, I love Yak Face, and it was it was a figure that not only gave me a lot of the spark that I have for my collecting, um, but it also showed me that yeah. we, we were the biggest Star Wars collecting nerds in the state way back in the day when we were <laughs> little, and we didn't know about it. So it really shows you that you never know everything, and yeah. uh, always research. So I, I love that. So it was on a, keeps it, the dream. It was on a poster, I think, then you suddenly realize. I think it was uh, one of the big... 92 posters or something that's where it first was sort of like registered that there was one right i think that's because obviously it wasn't in the shops or anything like that but i think it was uh well see we never i mean i'm always learning about it there used to be the tolmart's price guide i don't know if you remember tolmart's price guide and in there they started to have prices for it and it was listed as yak face there was no picture 
but that yeah. made it a thing. And then you look up who Yak Face is, and you you know. But we were the yeah. kids with all the books and all the trivia, and that's all we did. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, no, wow. it's 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 really cool, and it's really cool to talk to you. And you were such a nice guy, and you were so cool with all the all yeah. the attendees and everything. Yeah. No, seriously, Sean, that's that's why I wanted you. I mean, I even told you when I I called you back. I said, you know what, I need you to come next year, man, because it's just. Too many yeah. people are asking for you. No joke. Oh, Everybody man, loves you, a, man. It's it's a, it's a big deal. Oh, that's you're, so nice. You're a kind well, person. Uh, and, I've been uh, bringing lots of goodies. Uh-oh. Uh, my uh, wag and all that business. No, I'll be designing some good stuff for you. So make it, you know, make it special like it should be. Nice. And, well, uh, I appreciate right. that. I actually... You know what? We all, we all, we all need it. Yes. So, you know, we just... We need it. And uh, it'll be... Yeah, we're so looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Well, I'm excited too, brother. We're all excited. Um, I'm going to go over to the questions on the Imperial Commissary for you that some of the members have asked you. So let's dive into those, and then we'll let you go. I'm sorry we're keeping you so long, Sean. No, no, no. I'm, I'm all right, cool, because it's super fun. Uh, Tom mm-hmm. Watson asks, has, has he ever seen a yak face tattoo or something that blew him away that he would not expect a fan to do with his uh, background extra character? Have you seen a yak face tattoo? Um, no, I've not. No, I've not seen a, a yak face tattoo. I must admit, again, at conventions, you, you you know, you do get these amazing artists and tattoo artists, and um, I have been tempted. I have been tempted. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, have, I have a tattoo myself, but um, yeah, no, a, a little cartoon sort of illustrating, but yeah. Um, do you want a yak yeah, face I mean, tattoo? Hmm? You want a yak face tattoo? You well, want I one? Because I'll, I'll I'll get you one, man. I'll pay for it when you come to ICC Con. We have a really nice tattoo artist section. Those guys from Golden Yeti will slap one on you, brother. Or I'll tell you what, <laughs> anybody out there in Radio Land that wants to show Sean Crawford a yak face tattoo or get a yak face tattoo on site at yeah, the con, um, I will refund the price of your ticket even if you buy a VIP. How's that? <laughs> We're gonna get you a yak face tattoo to oh, see, man. man. Wouldn't that be a trip? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, 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 but I mean, I have seen um, some tick and top, or top ones, you know, which is, oh, uh, nice. and I had spikes on there. They're quite, again, it, it's not, it's not like a, it's more of a cartoon illustration because I had a quite a, a wacky look in those days. Let's put it that way. Uh, next question, James Mitchell. How does it feel to be part of such an iconic movie like Star Wars? And does it feel like to see your character in an action figure? Well, we covered that one. So yeah. we'll, we'll move on. That's all right. We should ask the people's questions first. What do I know about doing this, man? <laughs> yeah, uh, CC Reagan. How many licks does it take to get funny? Those are Tootsie Roll people. Like, yeah. it's a joke. Uh, next one. When did you realize you, your uh, tiny role became a legend with the action figure? When did you realize that, actually? Um, That's a good question. I think it was That's like, me close. I was uh, hunted down by a, a Star Wars um, uh, um, autograph collector. who, t- In fact, he, he phoned... It was... Uh, I can't remember the story. Tim remembers much better. But he phoned me. He thought I... There was an... A, 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 there was a casting agency called Crawford's. And he contacted them thinking it was me and he asked if I would do some autographs and they didn't know me but they knew Tim because he was on their casting list so Crawford's had Tim on their casting 
Tim, they sort of put two and two together, but they sort of got phoned me or got got a letter to me saying somebody wants to get in contact with you. So um, I, I sort of agreed to meet up and I said, oh, actually, I know another guy that was in Star Wars as well. And that was Tim. I said, yeah, we're, 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 we're meet, we'll meet up. We'll, you know, well, let's meet up at a pub down the road and, you know, come along. And uh, he turned up. And uh, with another another guy, I forget his name, uh, but um, he sort of had this whole bag of, of photographs and posters. And, you know, we were just thinking, well, you know, he had like five or something like that. But uh, he, he sort of rolled them all out. And, uh, yeah, we were sort of quite amazed. And uh, then he, he, he said, I said, uh, well, you know, thank you so much. And we had drinks and just a really nice time. And uh, he uh, said, look, um, have you ever thought about doing conventions? And I said, well, you know, what are they? And uh, we had no idea. He said, uh, well, look, I'll, I'll put you in contact with with someone that, you know, would love you as a guest. And uh, so we were up for it. So that was sort of the first time we, we were aware of conventions and the fact that people collect autographs. I mean, it was, uh, so that, that was, I think that was in 2003 or something. It was quite late. Oh, you know, wild, we, yeah. You know, we, we, we were... Um, but late but early. I mean, it's still some time ago. Uh, and, um, yeah, that, that sort of in- introduced us to the whole Star Wars world nowadays, which has got bigger and bigger. I mean, it's it's amazing. All right. That's right. Well, perfect. The next question, let me see. Uh, are you surprised? One second. Are you surprised by how recognized of a character you became with such a limited role? He wanted you to talk about the scene you had with uh, the quarrel in Reese, uh, the quarrel with Reese. But what exactly uh, went on in that scene that led to C-3PO intervening in order to separate you? Yeah, it's, it's, to be honest with you, it's it's all very vague now. I mean, it's uh-huh. just like a half a day half a day's filming and. Uh, um, Oh, I, I wish I could remember. I mean, it was so much easier if it was actually shut, if it was there. You can remember it. It refreshes you. But uh, it was, um, I just remember, like, um, it was just like I was sitting down and then Reese was sort of having an argument with me and I think uh, C-3PO was translating it to Jabber and ah. uh, um, um, Salacious was whipping in with some sort of um, uh, humorous sort of comments, you know, nagging us, and he, he was raising up the 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 uh, the tempo. Uh, it, I mean, it was a sort of like a, a light comedy s- sketch, really. I mean, it was an uplifting. It wasn't uh, down. And uh, I think uh, I sort of like took a slug at uh, Reese and missed him, and C three P O but fell over, and it was it was a little bit of madness, and, and it's just to get more of the creatures in. Uh, I think there was loads of, you know, the, it was actually a big creature shot because um, there were a lot in it. But I think that, again, that, that was um, a bit of a downfall because there was bad con- continuity in it as well. You know, I think there were people, because right. it was, say, there was a lot of um, background artists in it and there was a lot of movement. And so, yeah, I mean, people noticed the smallest thing. I mean, I think there must have been a lot of bad things in that. So, uh, yes, I mean, I was blind for when I was doing it, so right. I couldn't see anything. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, I mean it would have. Um, it was a shame because uh, I think there was a good shot of all the all the creatures in it. 
It really was. I've actually seen the clips um, before, and there yeah. there's tons of creatures. A lot more than you yeah. would think were in Java's Hail Barge. Well, that's it for the member questions. I just put it up uh, when we started recording to see if uh, we could get a couple questions. So we did get a few, which is wonderful. Um, but that's about it from me because I am excited to see you. We have to do the rest of the podcast now. But I am excited to see you at ICC Con 2021. Oh, likewise. So, um, likewise. I'm fired up. Philip, you ready? Philip was just ready. picking out where your tables were, Sean. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't like what your place, complain to Michael. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll say, hey, Philip, what am I supposed to do? No, we're going to get to creepiest yeah, no, Philip you know? Michael, lovely seeing you. It's, uh, it's good. It's been good. And we'll yeah. take care of you, brother. Don't worry. We'll always yeah. take care of you down in Tennessee. And, you uh, do. You know, do. you can get sweet tea without sugar. It is a thing. You have to ask for it. So maybe that's this more is, your I'm style. Gonna, I'm going to bring over English <laughs> breakfast. So. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, awesome, brother. Thank you for tuning in for another amazing episode of IC Star Wars. Thank you very much, Philip Brown, for being my co-host. Be sure to check out the Imperial Commissary at www.imperialcommissary.com. Follow us on Instagram at ICCC Nashville. Uh, we have a Twitter page as well, at ICCC Nashville. Check out the convention website, icnashville.com. Also, go over to the convention Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash icnashville. And also, we have the convention Facebook page. If you've already been or if you have questions about ICCCon, go on over to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ICCollectorsCon. Also, check us out on YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Imperial Commissary. We will see you soon on the next episode of IC Star Wars.